May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good evening. I thought if you didn't know what today is, as we gather for worship, today is the first Sunday after the Epiphany, which we celebrated on Thursday. But, but this Sunday is also known in liturgical cir circles as the baptism of our Lord. And as you heard in the gospel, I just read that it is the baptism story via the perspective of Luke that is our gospel appointed for this year and in this time on this Sunday. So I wanted to invite you as we consider baptism to think about and reflect upon baptism in your life, whether it be your baptism if you can actually remember it, or maybe uh, some children being baptized or grandchildren or anything like that. If I'm honest, as I was baptized in a tradition similar to ours where we baptize kids, um, I don't remember a thing about actually physically being there because I was very young and just don't remember it, but I have pieced together memories by my grandparents and my parents and godparents and other people that were there just telling me how, how great it was. So I'm un unable to reflect, at least in the physically remembering it myself, but as a person of, that is ordained, I get to perform and celebrate a lot of baptisms. And I thought I would ask my, myself and begin to reflect in, in the preparing for the sermon, is there one of those baptisms out of the several that I have done which really stands out? Because actually, every time we get to baptize somebody, whether we welcome a brother or sister into the family of God, it's a celebration every time it happens. But I thought of one that I would share with you this evening. And it, it's special to me, not only because it was the first one that I ever got to do, but as well, it was a very unique circumstance. There was a man, this was in the previous parish out in Wyoming. A man would come to me with a problem. This man's name was Bob, and Bob was 93 years old. And he, he set up a pastoral meeting, and it, it, I thought something really, really major was going on because it, it seemed like when he called that, that the, it was the end of the world. And as he would come, you know, he would ex exchange pleasantries, and then he would say, well, well, this is what I came to talk to you about, Reverend. I am one of those type A people. I keep record of everything in my checkbook. I know to the penny how much I have. And as I'm preparing for the end of my life, my will is in order and my funeral is all ready to go from all the little detail. But there's something that has been missing from my life for several years that I have been wondering about. And it causes me some anxiety. He said that the church that he believed but was not sure that he was raised in and where he thought he was baptized, there was, this church had closed down a long, long time ago. And there was no physical record of if he was actually ever baptized or not. And as his parents as well had been long gone, he, had, he investigated all the way to the diocesan and nat national church level. 
And he, he, there was no record of him ever being baptized. And yet he thought he could remember his, his parents telling him stories of when he was baptized. And so this is what we offered him in our prayer book. There is actually a liturgy called Conditional Baptism. And it's for circumstances just like this. If there's no recollection or proof of a baptism, and as we only in our denomination and several others baptize once and for all, then this baptism is if, if you have or have not been and there's no record, there's a special wording that allows you to receive that or fully step into that sacrament of baptism. And when we told Bob, all of us that were in the meeting, we can offer you this, you could see the, the sigh of relief that would come to him and how much it meant. And what a day that was, baptizing a 93-year-old man. And as the church would gather around him and say the covenants and the promises of baptism together. What a powerful celebration. It would be six months later that Bob would pass away. And as I'm used to, in most cases, there's a lot of sadness and sorrow as families and individuals begin to prepare for that transition and that loss. But I was a little surprised. It's the last time I would see and get to speak to Bob in person. There was a joy on him like I have never seen. He was weak and, and, and sick, and that had taken his toll, but the smile and the glow that was about him. And he says, no need to have tears, Reverend, because you remember, six months ago, you baptized me. And because of that, I know where I'm going, and I have assurance of the love and grace of God for me. As you can see, this is one of the why it stands out to me as a very just important in my life, but how much more important it was for Bob. Well, I ask you as well to, again, reflect upon baptism in your life. But we can't start reflecting upon our own or the ones that have been important to us without first thinking about and reflecting upon the baptism of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, as we do that, I wanted to start kind of wide and broad and then bring it into Luke 3, which we have tonight. I actually wanted to look just briefly at how all the gospel writers across the four gospels, they have a different perspective. There's common themes of this story that we have in all four Gospels, and yet if we actually look at some specifics of how they dip, differ and as their perspectives of how they wrote it down, Luke has something he wants us to really consider about the baptism of our Lord tonight as well as our own baptisms. If we start with the fourth, the Gospel of John, actually, the thing that all of these Gospels in this story have in common is John the Baptist is a key player in, all, in, in the baptism story, and then Jesus is there on the side of the Jordan River where he and others will be baptized. We have a common theme across all the Gospels of the sky or the heavens opening, and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descending upon Jesus. And then we have the voice of God, which says something to the effect of after Jesus is baptized, 
This is my beloved son. With him I am well pleased. And that on the voice of God that comes is what I really want us to consider this evening. Because this is where we find a little bit of difference in the way that the different gospel writers recorded this. So if we started with the gospel of John, and John, the, the, everything about this story in the gospel of John comes from John the Baptist and his testimony. And that voice of God that comes as in the gospel of John with this same story, John the Baptist is the only one who apparently heard that this is my son, the beloved. With him, I am well pleased. And of course, that would be recorded. So now all of us can know it. But interesting in that perspective, it was John the Baptist that was the only one to hear the voice of God in that way as it was in that recorded in the Gospel of John. Then we have Matthew. And that voice of God that, that came in Matthew is more like a public announcement that everyone can hear, a big, loud, booming, almost with a bullhorn or something like that, where it says, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Now the Mark version of this is actually very similar. Matthew and Mark tell just about the same story, but it is in this voice that, it, that as it is, it's a little bit different. It is still out there for everyone that is there to hear. The big booming voice, but it turned, the language is a little more personal. Instead of saying, this is my son, it says, you are my son, the beloved, and with you I am well pleased. The language is more personal in Mark. And yet, as we get to the reading that you heard me read tonight in the third chapter of Luke, the voice that comes is actually very different. Now, if you look at the gospel reading of the section that we have in that third chapter of Luke, we have verses 15 through 17, and there's a little bit missing. And then there's verses 21 and 22. And that little bit that's missing from the lectionary reading, now it seems like the big event at the Jordan had happened. John the Baptist had, had baptized Jesus as well as some other people. And then it seems like the event is over. John the Baptist goes about preaching the gospel. And then he says some things about Herod that Herod does not like. And Herod has him thrown in jail for that and for other things. And this is where, the, where it picks back up. We hear Jesus has been baptized. John the Baptist has been removed and has now been taken to prison. And after the baptism, Jesus is there either alone or with a very small group of people. And he is praying. And Luke would have us to believe it wasn't a big thundering voice that came and said the voice of God line that we have been looking at. But it was a very personal and intimate voice of God that would come to Jesus or this small group around him only and say that just so Jesus could hear it. You are my son, the beloved, and with you I am well pleased. You see, uh, considering the four, one of those was heard by John the Baptist only. 
Two of them are heard by everybody that's there, one of them being a little bit more personal. And then we have this Luke story, which has us think about it in this way. Just as Jesus may have heard there, as Luke records it, I wonder if those that were baptized with him that day by John the Baptist heard a similar, just for them, voice of God. Similar but different to what Jesus heard you are my beloved child, the, and with you I am well pleased. Now, as you reflect upon your baptism, as I shared before, my family and godparents were the only ones to tell me the memory as I was a child and have actual no physical memory of when I was baptized. But through the years, as I've asked them, well, my, what, what led you to the decision to even have myself and my siblings baptized in the first place? That's a very big decision. And my parents would answer, well, it starts with hearing that voice of God. And knowing because of what, what happens in Luke as he hears that voice, that personal and intimate voice of God, we hear as the gospel of Luke continues on that Jesus is now 30 years of age. And because of this baptism, he is now released. As we celebrate here in the season of Epiphany, we, he's released to show people and to reveal his true identity as the Messiah and the actual Son of God that has come to re redeem the entire world. And just like that, that's what my parents told me as Jesus heard that voice and similar but different we wanted you to know in baptism and as we raised you that the grace and love that comes through God to us all. And as we chose you to, chose to raise you up in baptism with those vows and the same covenants that thousands and millions of people have said in their baptisms, first and foremost, we wanted you to know that you are a beloved child of God and that God is well pleased with you. As I say that line, and if I had the time to use each of your personal names and say, fill in the blank, God, you are a beloved child of God. And with you, God is well pleased. When I say that, do you fully believe it? Or is there that part in the back of your mind which says, I don't know if I can believe that. I was fortunate enough to have a phone call with a family of mine over Christmas, and it ended up being a very good but hard conversation. I asked him if I could actually use it in the sermon that was coming up, and he says, well, you can tell my story, but don't you dare use my name. So no names tonight, but the story is the important thing. We got to talking about baptism and things like this and he goes you know i've never had a problem believing in the things of the father son and the holy spirit where my wrestle has been for 57 years of my life is that i know what a scoundrel that i have been in the time uh <laughs> time before and and then time even even now even today as we have had that conversation like sometimes i look at myself in the mirror and i can't stand what is looking back? And I asked him, and, and he said, that's where I struggle, believing that the love and grace of God could cover me, where I'm fully accepted 
by his cross and by his resurrection and that I can't fully believe that he, he, that God loves me and favors me and is well pleased with me aside from being uh, beloved. So we, we, we had a wonderful conversation about that and I wonder how true that is for a number of people. Just imagine if you find yourself in a season of life or for a long season of life feeling that way that I'm just going through the motions and how could God ever love me that much? As we head, continue to head into this new year of 2022, that is my prayer and my hope for you this evening. As we consider the baptism of our Lord and as we remember and reflect upon our baptisms, whether even you might even be considering if you've never been baptized, but baptism starts with that reality that through Christ by his stepping into the world and then paying for the sins of all humanity on the cross and in relationship with him may you start from the time you wake up every morning to the time you close your eyes and rest until the next day whether the day has been filled with with several highs or if it's just been kind of mediocre and you got through it, or if you've gone through and continue to go through day by day a really tough season in life. May you hear and may you know and believe that each of you is a beloved child of God and that he is well pleased with each of you. And it's by nothing you have to do or earn. It's the free gift of grace and the promises and the covenants of baptism that offer this to you. And as you continue to know and grow into that reality, may you continue to be transformed and changed by the power of reflecting upon the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and through the covenants and the promises that were made to you through the sacrament of baptism. Amen.